All right, here we go. Once again, we have to talk about Penn State coming up on the wrong end of the scoreboard as they fall to 0-5 for the first time in program history. This is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. Let's get started. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Monday, November 23rd, 2020 is the week of Thanksgiving, and we have arrived at a point where I really didn't see this one coming. Even in a worst case scenario for Penn State football this year, never imagined that we would be going into our Thanksgiving week talking about an 0-5 Penn State team heading to Michigan, still looking for their first win of the season. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. We're also putting this podcast on all the different podcasting apps that are out there. So whatever you're using to listen to this particular episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button and then leave a rating and a review. Let us know what you think about the, today's episode and the show in general. Your feedback really does help us with the growth and placement of this podcast on those various podcasting apps. So if you want to help support us along the way, best way to do that is by subscribing, rating, and reviewing. And of course, you can reach out to us on all of our social media platforms, all using the same username of Locked On Nittany. We're on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. And if you follow us on Twitch, after the Penn State lost 41-21 to Iowa on Saturday, maybe you hopped in and checked out our live post-game reaction stream as we try to get that going once again. Uh, we're going to do that again this weekend as Penn State is on the road against the Michigan Wolverines. So shortly after Penn State wraps up their game, head it over to our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash LockedOnNittany, and you can catch us doing our live post-game reaction stream. And uh, if you do subscribe to the podcast, you probably have already seen that the audio from those post-game streams does get uploaded. So you get an extra bonus podcast. You get a chance to live and react and ask your questions and your comments during our live post-game reaction stream. So if you want to check us out this coming weekend, make sure to tune in to our Twitch channel shortly after Penn State's game against Michigan concludes. But here we are. Penn State is still looking for their first win of the season. Don't really know exactly when that's going to happen at this point, but there is still a lot of stuff to get into. And I know that the reactions are still largely negative, as you can imagine, given the fact that Penn State has scuffled out to a very frustrating 0-5 start to the season. And as I said, even when we did our worst case scenario podcast before the season started, there was no way I thought we would be at this point in the season talking about a Penn State team still looking for its first win of the year. Realistically, I thought that uh, having two losses by now would be certainly understandable with the game against Ohio State. And I figured a road game against Nebraska might be one that would trip them up. If not, it would be this weekend's game uh, that's coming up against Michigan uh, because I just didn't like the placement of those two games on the schedule. I didn't like the fact that those were games being played on the road. I thought that Penn State could realistically be a two-loss team by the end of this upcoming weekend one way or the other because I didn't think they would lose to Nebraska and Michigan. And here we are. Uh, they've already lost to Nebraska. They've lost to everybody that they've played. And they certainly have not looked very good in the grand scheme of things. Before we dive a little bit more into reacting to what happened in Saturday's game against the Iowa Hawkeyes, we do want to address the big news that came out of Saturday's game, uh, which actually happened before the game and then was followed up later after the game. We knew that tight end Pat Firemuth was not dressing for the game on Saturday. We found that out as the players were warming up and the reporters that are on the scene 
in Beaver Stadium and every Saturday. First of all, kudos to all of those guys at, and, get, and women who are doing a terrific job covering this team under very weird circumstances. I know having been in the press box of Beaver Stadium uh, in the past, I, I know that it can be a little bit of a a challenge at times because it's not exactly the best press box situation. I don't know if they've improved it in recent years or not, but obviously figure there's some limited numbers inside those press boxes this year. And obviously the access that reporters have to programs this year, is a little bit different than it has in, in previous years. But we found out from multiple reporters that Pat Fryermuth did not dress for the game. Uh, that was a little concerning, of course, because he, he's been a little banged up, it looks like. And then after the game, uh, we found out from James Franklin that Pat Fryermuth is going to be undergoing season-ending surgery this week. Uh, so that's very unfortunate, and it's very good odds that we have seen the last of Pied Firemuth in a Penn State uniform. So if you're keeping tabs at home, that means that this season, you know, going back to the Cotton Bowl victory against Memphis, coming up on a year ago, <laughs> it's quickly approaching. Uh, we have seen Micah Parsons, arguably one of the best defensive players in all of college football, has not played it down for Penn State this year. He opted out. Uh, rising powerhouse breakout running back Jeremy Brown uh, has had to medically retire due to a health concern that was caught during the, the rounds of testing leading up to the start of the season. And those were two guys that really shined in that Cotton Bowl of uh, last year. Uh, Noah Kane injured pretty much as soon as the season started. He's done for the year too. So all you know, top linebacker in the country, top two running backs potentially in the Big Ten, or at least the top running back duo in the Big Ten, I would argue. Uh, not available. And now you're seeing one of the best tight ends in the Big Ten, Pat Firemuth, is done for the year. And it was big news when he decided uh, or confirmed that he was going to be playing this season because there were still some very high expectations for Penn State leading into the start of the season. I think we all understood that. Uh, obviously, things have not gone well for Penn State this year. So it's very unfortunate that Pat Firemuth is, um, you know, has very likely seen his college career come to an end because he's going to be turning pro. There's no question in my mind. Um, you know, I don't know what his timeline is going to be as far as uh, rehabbing from his surgery, but he's going to be turning pro. He's going to be another tight end that you're going to see uh, making some plays in the NFL, representing a very strong lineage of tight ends coming out of this Penn State program in recent years. So, uh, we wish Pat Fryermuth obviously all the best of luck. We wish everybody the best of luck moving forward as they look to you know take the next step in their careers and their journeys. And it's going to be very fun to watch Pat Fryermuth at the next level. I'm excited for him. Uh, obviously, hopefully the surgery goes well, and then we'll see what kind of timeline he has as far as what he's going to be able to do in terms of working out and preparing for the NFL draft. Uh, so. We'll have to just wait and see how that all plays out. But no pad firing with for the rest of the season. This is an offense that is still struggling to find some, some answers in, in many regards. But I think the biggest question is whether or not there should be a quarterback competition moving forward. What do you do with the quarterback position? And how do you get this offense to start games off on the right foot? That's the biggest question I have for Penn State coming out of this Iowa game. Let's react a little bit more to that Penn State loss to Iowa coming up in our next segment. We all know that 2020 has taken a toll on many of our lives, and sometimes it feels like it's tough to break through uh, anything you've got going on. You're really just looking for your moments of relaxation, your moment of zen, just your moment to chill. Well, the good news is 
you get Thanksgiving this weekend, so that's cool. Uh, maybe you've got a four-day week coming, coming up, so you'll have plenty of times to chill. And what better way to chill than kicking back, watching some college football, even when your team stinks, than with a nice, cool, refreshing Coors Light. That's right, Coors Light. It is literally made to chill, and it's the only beer out there that's literally made to do so. Everything about Coors Light from start to finish is designed around the concept of chill. It's cold lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's even cold packaged because let's be honest, the last thing you want is a lukewarm room temperature beer, right? There's no way to drink a beer if it is warm or room temperature. You need to make sure it is chilled. Don't throw ice in it, just make sure it's in the refrigerator before you consume it. But if you think your refrigerator is starting to run a little low on your Coors Light supply, don't worry. All you have to do, load it up on your phone, load it up on your tablet, go to get.coorslight.com and find out how you can get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. And don't forget to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you didn't get a chance to catch our live post-game stream that we did on Twitch following Penn State's 41-21 loss against Iowa, I'm going to rehash a couple of the same points that I tried to make. And I really tried to let a little bit more time sink in, kind of put it all into a little bit more perspective. That's the beauty of doing a live reaction post-game stream on Twitch and then having the opportunity to let things sink in a little bit and put together the podcast for you on Monday. So obviously there was not a whole lot of positive things I could take away from Penn State losing by 20 points to Iowa. Now, I, I understand there was a pick six late in the game that kind of inflated the, the point differential, but the bottom line is, once again, we saw uh, f- from Penn State a severe lack of being able to prepare and start the game off on the right foot. This has been a recurring theme throughout the course of the season. It is certainly something that we have taken to issue here on the podcast. So if you haven't been listening to some of the previous podcasts, this is going to be the same kind of storyline that we've been talking about week in and week out with very, very few exceptions. I think every game this season has started off completely abysmally for Penn State in the first half of games. Throughout the stat a number of times on Saturday, and I'll continue to do so until things start to change a little bit, if that's going to be possible. But Penn State has been outscored in the first half of games, 117 to 33. And as I said, this is not just an issue because the offense can't get going to start the games. It's not just an issue because the defense is unable to make any stops in the first half of games. It is certainly not necessarily an issue of a quarterback struggling or severe lack of depth at the running back position. Whatever the case is, this isn't one particular problem. This is a full system program failure, I think, as far as being prepared for a game. But I will say, uh, and I do think that it is important to note that what makes this season so predict or unpredictable or unique in many regards is the fact that we are in a little bit of a pandemic state, right? So this is not a typical season. And that's what I think is the important takeaway here. So if I'm finding any way to shine a positive light on a truly gross situation as far as Penn State football is concerned, it is that this season is very more likely to be the outlier from where James Franklin has taken this program. You know, I'm not saying that the days of going to New Year's Six Bowl games is quickly becoming a distant memory that's never going to be achievable again. I don't think that at all. I think the track record speaks for itself. James Franklin has built a very strong program that is going to, far more often than not, win a lot more games than they lose. This is a season, this season is just kind of 
off the rails uh, for a variety of reasons. And I'm not saying that other programs are not dealing with the same things because they are, because that excuse, as I've said before, it's time to move on from the excuse that you didn't have a typical off season, right? But we're now five games in the season and we are seeing the same issues week in, week out. The offense can't do anything to start a game. The defense can't make the stops. You know, for whatever reason, it's not working at the start of games. They're just not prepared. They're not ready. They're not mentally prepared. They're not mentally focused. I don't know what it is. But for whatever reason, this team just flat out stinks in the first half of games. They do play better in the second half, though. And, and that's what I keep coming back to. I mean, there's something right going on with this program underneath the surface of an 0-5 start. It's so easy to criticize. It's so easy to point out all the flaws that this team does have. And we'll do that. But if you're looking for some reason to be a little bit more optimistic, it is the fact that this team does get better in the second half. Are our opponents taking their foot off the gas pedal? I don't necessarily think so. I, I really don't. You know, I, I do think that there's something that traditionally has been there with Penn State where they do play better in the second half of games in the James Franklin era. And it's not just this season. There have been games in the past, in the previous seasons, where they didn't have a great first half, but they turn it on in the second half. And they, they, they win games when it looks like it's going to be pretty ugly, but they win them going away. That necessarily hasn't been there this year, but that's probably because they're digging so big a hole in the first half of games this year that it's just too much to climb out of. Especially against some improved teams, some good quality opponents this year. You know, obviously Ohio State is Ohio State, but we've seen that Indiana is a far better team than anybody was anticipating this year. Uh, they, they gave Ohio State a good run over the weekend. Uh, Iowa is still going to be one of the best teams in the Big Ten West. I uh, don't know if they're going to have a shot now at the Big Ten West Championship, but they're, they were supposed to be a team that was going to be a contender in that division. So, the, the, you know, they're, they're going to be a physical running team, and they certainly took Penn State to task. What we're seeing from this Penn State team is it's not as good as it once was, and I don't know what the answer is here. Matt Millen said it during the broadcast that in all of his years of following Penn State football, and obviously this is a guy that grew up watching Penn State football, played some played for Penn State football, and has since analyzed and broadcasted and followed Penn State football for so many years at this point. He said it, and I totally agree. This is the worst Penn State defensive tackling effort that I've ever seen from a Penn State team. I, he worded it a little bit better than I just did, but the basic premise is this Penn State team stinks tackling. And that's really shocking to me because if there's anything that I could say about Penn State defenses, even when they're having some of their leaner years, it's that they knew how to tackle. And this defensive line gets pushed back so often against superior offensive lines. Uh, not every team that they face this year is going to have a, that much of a physical advantage on the line of scrimmage, but there are certainly enough of them that are just pushing their way around this Penn State defensive line, which I thought was going to be one of the strengths of the team this year. Maybe I was wrong about that. Maybe I overestimated just where they were. I don't know, but I'm finding myself doing a lot more reflecting on my preseason analysis of this team and my in-season analysis <laughs> moving forward. Because it's time to drop all the expectations that I had, you know, feeling that they had potential to do something great this year, that obviously has vanished. But feeling as though they still have potential to win some games this year, that's quickly diminishing. And I don't think it should, because I do think that there's talent here. I, I don't know what it's going to take to get this team to tackle better, to play better up front on the offensive line and the defensive line, because let's be honest, both lines are getting pushed around. 
Um, doesn't matter if it's the offensive line or defensive line. The line of scrimmage is not where Penn State is winning very many battles. And that's why you see Sean Clifford's always under pressure. You always see the running game is really struggling. Obviously, there's running back issues with the depth. Uh, Devin Ford left the game the other day as well. So you know, we understand the injury situation, but still, there should be an ability to run the football. You cannot have a game where you're two quarterbacks or your two leading rushers, I don't think, for this team to succeed. So I think that that's a big problem. Uh, it starts with the offensive line, and then on the defensive line, not being able to get any push, being pushed back yards beyond the line of scrimmage by Iowa all game long, that was a big problem. And that's a big concern, because I thought that that was going to be a strength for Penn State. Obviously, there's a lot more to react to with this game. And, of course, tomorrow's going to be our Twitter Tuesday episode. So I highly encourage you to send in your questions and your complaints right now. We want to share them with you in podcast form. So if you're listening to this and you happen to be on Twitter, make sure you type in your questions right now. Anything that you get into us by 3 p.m. Eastern is guaranteed to be in tomorrow's episode. That's going to be our tease for tomorrow. So tomorrow's Twitter Tuesday. Again, make sure you send in your questions and your comments now. We'll try to include as many as we possibly can. And if you want to submit them on Facebook or you want to send them to us anonymously through email, you may do that as well. Use the email address LockedOnNittanyLines at gmail.com and we'll share your questions and your comments and any other reader emails you may have and we can do so anonymously. You don't have to worry about that. So tomorrow, Twitter Tuesday, get in your questions now because I'm sure you've got a bunch and we'll try to address as many as we possibly can in tomorrow's episode. Now, the good news for many of us, if you're like me, is we get Thanksgiving this week. And Thanksgiving is my personal favorite holiday when it comes to food. I don't know if there's any other holiday that can really rival it. And I'll be honest, I go a little overboard sometime on the mashed potatoes and the gravy and the stuffing, the broccoli casserole. I am a glutton for Thanksgiving food. But that's why it's important right now to make sure I'm taking care of my diet as much as I possibly can in other ways. And the best way for me to do that is with Built Bar. They are the protein bars that taste just like a chocolate bar. I make them a part of my daily routine, especially at work. It really helps help me feel full and energized getting me to my next lunch break or just through the rest of my day. And I want you to check them out for yourself as well. Built Bars, they are healthy. They're for the health conscious person. If you're looking to lose or maintain weight, you can make them a part of your daily routine and it is really going to be an enjoyable experience because it's going to feel like you're eating a candy bar that you get at the gas station or at the grocery store at the checkout line but this is actually going to be something that's actually pretty good for you because it's covered in 100% chocolate but the ingredients on the inside are what make it count the most and if you want to check them out for yourself I highly advise you to do so go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n and you'll get 20% off your next order and while supplies last they will even throw in a free cooler with your purchase and take it from me you throw it a built bar in the refrigerator you throw it in that cooler on your way into lunch the next morning and you're going to have a nice delightful refreshing treat for you and it's going to help you feel good the rest of the way one more time go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com all right so i think we can all agree at this point in time that this is a lost year for Penn State football, and that is really difficult as far as what this means for recruiting. But again, I will say I do think that this is going to be the exception to the norm for Penn State under James Franklin. But it's going to be very interesting to see what happens moving forward, how this year is going to impact the recruiting efforts of Penn State. I still think they'll be OK, but it's probably going to hurt them in a number of regards, especially if other programs continue to have some of the success that they are having in this shortened and bizarre season that can only hurt Penn state moving forward. But 
it's going to be very challenging off the field as far as recruiting is concerned and really just kind of building for what you do for redemption in 2021. We're not going to deal with that at this point in time, but that is certainly a topic of discussion that we will have plenty of time to pour over during the upcoming offseason because there's going to be no bowl game for Penn State, I would imagine, because we already have a reduced number of bowl games this year with the number of cancellations in the bowl schedule. We're obviously going to have... I believe we're going to have more bowl cancellations as we get closer to the bowl season. But quite frankly, Penn State's not going to be going to a bowl game because they're going to stink. <laughs> this record is not going to be indicative of a team that should be going to a bowl game even in this weird year. Penn State has already clinched its first losing season since the 2004 season. I don't need to tell you how bad of a year that was, followed by the 2000 or preceded by the 2003 season. This, this is weird, though, because this Penn State team is not anywhere close to being as bad as that 2003-2004 run for Penn State. There, there's actual talent on this program. Uh, it's not really shining right now, but I think there's far more upside potential for where this team is compared to where those teams were. And what I refer to as the dark ages of the modern era of Penn State football, certainly in the Big Ten era, uh, we are on pace to see absolutely the worst record that Penn State has had in many of our lifetimes, I would imagine, uh, because they are 0-5. They only have three scheduled games remaining right now. You throw in the fourth game with that Big Ten Champions Week where you're paired up against somebody from the other division. You know, we could be talking about a Penn State-Illinois matchup. I don't know. Illinois just beat the, the snot out of Nebraska over the weekend. That wasn't a very encouraging sign, I think, for Penn State. So, Let's take a quick look around the rest of the Big Ten because there are a couple storylines I want to pay attention to and maybe offer a glimmer of hope for Penn State moving forward. Uh, the big game of the weekend, of course, I feel was Ohio State hosting Indiana and Ohio State jumped all over Indiana very early on, made it look like Indiana was Indiana of old for a while, but got to credit Indiana, they fight back. Uh, they put on a miraculous uh, rally in the fourth quarter, outscoring Ohio State 14-0 and you know came within one score of tying Penn State, I'm sorry, Ohio State. Ohio State does hold on to win this game 42 to 35. So, you know, obviously this is a big win for Ohio State because, you know, they are on track to win the Big Ten Championship, get back to the college football playoff, uh, even if this is considered a hiccup for them. Uh, they survived. <laughs> they, you know, the solid rebel likes to use the phrase, win your clunkers. If this was a clunker for Ohio State, they certainly won it. Now they advance and move on. Uh, there's really, I don't think anything really standing in Ohio State's way at this point moving forward uh, throughout the rest of the Big Ten schedule. Indiana, I think, is putting themselves in a really good position because they've already played Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. So they got the big names out of the way. Uh, I think that this is a really good Indiana team. I think we could be talking about Indiana in a New Year's Six Bowl game at the end of the year. Might be a little difficult to make it all happen because if you look over at the Big Ten West, uh, obviously Ohio State, if they're in the playoff, they're going to be in the Rose Bowl. Uh, but So it eats up the, the traditional Big Ten spot. But there's going to be another New Year's Six Bowl spot out there for at least one Big Ten team. Uh, Wisconsin could still be that team, although they just lost their first game of the year to the Northwestern Wildcats, who have moved up to number 11 in the latest AP poll that was released Sunday afternoon. Uh, Northwestern now 5-0, and and they are in a great spot to make a run into the Big Ten Championship game because they already have wins against Iowa. They already have now the win against Wisconsin. They just took down Purdue recently, too. There's nothing standing in Northwestern's way 
of a Big Ten West title at this point because they have all the head-to-head tiebreakers. So they would really have to tank it the next couple of weeks to allow somebody else to jump in front of them. Northwestern in a really good spot to get back to the Big Ten championship game where they were just two years ago where they fell short against Ohio State. And here's why I mentioned Northwestern and why this should be a little bit of a glimmer of hope for Penn State. I just said Northwestern was in the Big Ten championship game two years ago, and they had an awful 2019 season to follow that up. And now here they are. They're 5-0. They're taking control of that Big Ten West division, and they're in a they're on the easiest path available in the Big Ten West to get to Indianapolis to play for the Big Ten championship. Now I get the Big Ten East is a little bit of a different situation than the Big Ten West, but if Northwestern can bounce back the way they have from last year to this year, why can't Penn State do the same? So maybe that's what you can look forward to. Maybe Penn State can have that bounce back season. You know, Penn State had what three 11-win seasons in the last four years before heading into this season. So this is a program that certainly knows how to win. There's no question about that. They haven't won this year, but the standards for this program are much higher than what we're seeing this year. And I do think that if we can get into the 2021 year and we return to at least a little bit of a sense of a normal off-season rotation, no off-season schedule, it's probably not going to be the the standard off-season schedule that we're going to be going into, given where we are as a country with this COVID-19 situation. But I do think that there is a possibility that Penn State is going to be much better next year. Okay, they still have some young talent. They still have a lot of upside potential at a number of positions. And I think if you can get in a more regular offseason, or at least you have to adapt to what you've had to deal with as far as the schedule is concerned and the offseason mechanics and everything that you have to work with around or work around, there is a strong possibility that Penn State will look like the most improved team in the Big Ten next year. And I think that that's something that you can hope for. And if I think if Northwestern is evidence that it is possible, then a program like Penn State with all the amenities that they do have and all the things they do have at their advantage and the fact that if you're bringing all the coaches back next year, you get another year to work with them. I think that that will be really good for the program moving forward. Elsewhere around the Big Ten, I will just quickly mention, like I said earlier, Illinois picked up their second win of the year uh, by just dominating Nebraska in Lincoln, Nebraska. And, you know, I know Nebraska just beat Penn State, but Nebraska, you can't wear the black jerseys until you have a winning record again. (laughs) That's going to be my role moving forward. No more black jerseys until you've earned that opportunity to wear something that is supposedly so storied within that program. That's just me. Uh, Michigan got by Rutgers 48 to 42 in triple overtime. Now, we're going to look a little bit into that game and where Penn State is when they head out to Michigan this upcoming weekend. Uh, Michigan has opened up, I believe, as a four-point favorite against the Nittany Lions, and I think that that's pretty fair, pretty spot on, because Michigan has had some struggles this year. And it looked for a while that Rutgers was going to not necessarily run away with that game against Michigan. Michigan did battle back, but they let they let Rutgers tie it up late. And then, of course, uh, they get taken in the triple overtime. Rutgers had their opportunities to knock off Michigan, which would have been huge. But, you know, we got to start looking at Rutgers a little bit because Rutgers has been a very entertaining 1-14 this year. Uh, so that game's coming up very shortly uh, but we gotta get through Michigan first and there's enough on Penn State's plate for that game as well 
one other Big Ten game that was played on Friday night, Minnesota knocking off Purdue. Minnesota now is at 2-3 and three on the year, Purdue falling to 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Again, I mentioned Northwestern is in a really good spot. Uh, North Purdue with two losses, Minnesota with three losses. Uh, they've got the head-to-head tiebreaker with Wisconsin. Uh, Nebraska's got three losses, Illinois at three losses. Is there anybody in that Big Ten West that's going to be able to get ahead of Northwestern? Doesn't look like it. That's why I said Northwestern is in an absolutely fantastic spot in that Big Ten West division. Uh, there was one cancellation on the Big Ten schedule this weekend, of course. That was Maryland's home game against Michigan State. Maryland uh, still going through a little bit of a COVID situation uh, that led to a cancellation of their game against Ohio State. The previous week, uh, Mike Loxley was among those who tested positive for COVID-19. And that's why I say that uh, Penn State had just played Maryland, uh, but we've been able to see Penn State go through a couple games now where they haven't been to a point where they feel like they have to cancel anything or postpone anything on their schedule. I, I think at this point, I guess that means that they're they're past the, the Maryland concern. I, I don't necessarily know if that's a fact, but uh, I think now that we've gone through two weeks since that Maryland game and Maryland has missed their last two games, I guess that's uh, optimistic. We'll find out if there's anything that develops in the coming days, uh, but it's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, obviously, with Maryland's most recent game coming against Penn State, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just just a little bit of a concern just to keep an eye out for as we move forward into this weekend's game against Michigan. So Penn State will head to Michigan on Saturday. It's scheduled for a 12 p.m. kickoff on ABC. And this is a game where this is a Big Ten Network 12 noon start, ESPN 2 noon start quality of game, considering that Penn State is winless. Michigan has won two games, not looked very good doing so. Uh, But this is a game where if it wasn't the brand names of Penn State and Michigan, it's probably not appearing on ABC. But it's also the fact that you've got a Thanksgiving weekend. So you've got some games Thursday, Friday, uh, you know, spread out on on Saturday. Of course, (laughs) how many cancellations and postponements will we see this weekend? So uh, scheduling is a little bit different this year as far as TV is concerned. But uh, that's why I was a little surprised that this game gets an ABC treatment. But hey, that such is life, and I guess ABC realizes that uh, a 12 noon kickoff between programs like Penn State and Michigan, it's still going to draw some viewers. May not be the high marquee game that you would anticipate because this game has traditionally been a, a game worth billing for some prime time or even 3:30. But you know, hey, there we are, 12 p.m. kickoff this Saturday afternoon in Ann Arbor. Penn State and Michigan, again, Michigan coming off their triple overtime victory against Rutgers, improving to 2-3. and three. Penn State still searching for their first win of the season. We will be here to talk about it all week long, arranging to try and get on a guest, maybe a crossover with our friends from Locked On Wolverines. We'll see if we can work it out during a holiday week. It's a little bit tight with the schedules, but we're going to see what we can do to at least bring on somebody who knows a little bit of something about Michigan, and I look forward to hoping being able to share that with you very soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you may be listening to us today on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, whatever you use to listen to your podcast, make sure you hit subscribe. And then please leave a rating and review. Let us know what you think about today's episode and the podcast in general. You can reach out to us on all of our social media platforms as well using the username LockedOnNitney on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. Don't forget, we'll do the live post-game stream reaction live on Twitch uh, shortly after Penn State's game this weekend against Maryland. Make sure you check out the Locked On College Football Podcast for all sorts of national college football news all throughout the week. I'll be on the Thursday episode, even though it's Thanksgiving. We will have an episode for you there. And, of course, you can check out Locked On Big Ten for ongoing Big Ten coverage. 
That's all for me today. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Get your week started off on the right foot. And hopefully you've got a shortened week, whatever your case may be. Hopefully you can get through it. Uh, until next time, everybody. I'll talk to you later.